0: Welcome to The Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing
1: well. I experienced a first. I want to share this with everybody. A first experience my wife and I had yesterday. She cut my hair
0: and we're still
1: married. We're still married. So this is a good thing. So this this COVID world has brought us closer together. I just needed to share that. I'm done. I'll see you guys later. Bye.
0: You know what? You know what? I, I, that gives me faith because uh, one of uh, the things that um, I've been most worried about um, is haircuts. I saw this meme uh, that I think one, one of my sisters posted about how uh, uh, home haircuts are going to look, and it's just like you know the bowl cut and like the bad like mullet and things along those lines. So um, you know that might be one of the interesting byproducts of this uh, uh, social distancing is uh, the new fashion in haircuts, um, buzz cuts or, uh, you know, whatever. But John, I'll say you are looking, uh, you are looking stellar. Thumbs up to your wife. Uh, too bad she can't travel around to do haircuts right now, but uh, <laughs> good job. Um, on the show, we've got a very special guest, someone I'm excited about. But John, you know him well, you know, you, you've worked with him uh, for quite a while now. Why don't you uh, uh, share with everyone who this third party is on today's show?
1: Well, I have to be really nice because he's also my boss, you know, but uh, uh, we have with us today Rich Curran. He is the executive director of the Parish Success Group, uh, which is the organization I work for, and uh, just excited to be able to have you on board, Rich, with us today, talking specifically about the topic of pastoral care. How do we take care of ourselves? How do we take care of our fellow staff members uh, in church? during this crazy time so welcome to the podcast thanks for being here
2: well thanks for having me and inviting me and i'll make sure i say nice things about john and <laughs> and uh or at least just talk about chris and we'll be all set so
1: there you go <laughs> no it's
2: my pleasure and it's it's always wonderful to be with you guys and to share conversations so i'm looking forward to, to our time together
0: awesome awesome and if you're uh, joining us live on the YM transfer uh, feel free to post any questions that you might have for john Rich or I in the comments uh, section, and uh, Rich, this isn't your first time on the show. You joined us uh, about over a year ago uh, when we were at NCCYM in uh, Tampa, um, and uh, and it's good to have you back, um, especially to share some of your experience um, uh, with what Parish Success Group is doing, what you're perceiving, what you're seeing when it comes to uh, how churches are are reacting and 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 even I'll say behaving uh, during this uh, pandemic. Um, the, the first thing I, I, I want to just kind of ask is why don't you share with people some of the things that you guys are currently doing uh, at Parish Success Group to help parishes through this pandemic?
2: Yeah, well, we, uh, your listeners may or may not know, I don't know, John, how much you share with them about what our organization does, but, you know, we kind of, for the most part, really suspended traditional coaching. I mean, we're still doing that with our clients and whatnot, but our priority really shifted to Um, ministering to those who are ministering, uh, if that makes sense, because uh, one of the things that we realized is that in the midst of any crisis, obviously the the virus is a a crisis, a different one than we've ever experienced before, but it is a crisis. And uh, is that people who are in ministry, whether you're a pastor, catechetical leader, youth ministry leader, whatever it is, um, we tend to be very outward focused and we tend not to take care of ourselves And so uh, one of the big things that we did, in addition to working alongside and working with our pastors and staff and so forth, is we created uh, these, what we call huddles. And so, uh, for instance, all last week, we had huddles for pastors, we had huddles for business managers, school principals, uh, catechetical leaders, youth ministry leaders, so forth and so on. And basically, it was a Zoom meeting. We capped them at 20 so that we can just minister to each other. And to have conversation with each other, and not so much talking about um, do this, this, and this execution of strategy, but much more: what are your needs? Uh, what what do you? What's going on with you? What are your worries? What are your concerns? Quite frankly, uh, some of the greatest conversations were when they talked about, well, in the midst of the storm, what are the blessings you're seeing? Uh, I really enjoyed listening to to several of those and. And new opportunities, Uh, hearing some of our pastors on one of the calls with the pastors talking about just reimagining church that had this not happened, they just may never have gotten around to doing some of the things that they're doing now. And so that's just been so uplifting for us. And it's actually been a tremendous joy to care for the people trying to care for their people, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. Um, you mentioned uh, listening to some of the needs. What what are some of the common threads that you're hearing in regards to needs that uh, people are sharing? And I realize that you're talking to different groups, but are there even common threads uh, between those different groups, between schools and pastors and so forth?
2: Yeah, well, I, I would say there are there are several common threads. Uh, finances are obviously a big concern for everybody. Even the school principals are worried about potential decline in enrollments or be people being able to pay tuition and that's understandable. Obviously pastors, business managers are all worried about uh, offering. Um, really kind of depends. Uh, some of our clients who are in more rural parts of the United States where they don't have large staffs uh, and in some cases don't have a staff uh, their, their worries and concerns are obviously a lot different than a parish who has you know, 10, 12, 15 staff members and, and trying to manage that. So um, I, I think if I would say common threads, I would say finances is one. I would think clarity of direction from uh, dioceses. Now again, it's diocese specific, but in general, I would say there's a lot of um, mixed messages that they feel that they're getting uh, sometimes from dioceses who are putting out a lot of policies or regulations, but not so much pastoral directives. Uh, and again, some dioceses doing a better job than others are in that. But um, as well as just fear, I, I think is you know we don't know what to do. Um, for some of them, this this virtual world is new. But uh, faced with the potential for layoffs, there are a lot of pastors don't want to go there. They just don't want to have to do that. They know that they have to think about it. It causes them great anxiety. Uh, I think loneliness has come out this week. I think there's a lot of people that are starting to really miss the community. Um, And some of our clergy that seem to come out. Uh, My own home parish, um, you know, at at the closing prayer for mass on Sunday, he was getting choked up. And he has been pretty open. He hates doing virtual mass with nobody in the pews. And so I think all of those are just real issues that are going on now that it's it's not a virus, we gotta just wait out. It's this could this could be a while and we may have to reimagine some things. And I think that reality is starting to set in.
1: And I think the isolation and loneliness question is, is very real. You, you, the, th- the three of us know that uh, Springtide Research Institute just released a, a research project on young people about loneliness called Belonging. Uh, and <clears throat> they've been doing some really interesting work around not the 13 to 25 year old age, but what, you, what COVID has caused is greater social isolation because we're forced. Which is causing greater loneliness and one of the concerns that we're seeing out in the world not just in religious world but in the secular world is is uh, people's mental health right and what are people's mental health looking like which is why chris you and i and rich you have too but over the past few podcast episodes we've talked about are you calling your parishioners because you can't see them are you connecting with them because now more than ever people need that connection but rich to your point earlier on is that <clears throat> we as ministers often focus on connecting with others. And that can fill our bucket, too. But there's still a question about how are we feeling ourselves? How are we taking care of ourselves, not only individually, but our fellow staff members, right? Are we conversing with our staff members? Are we connecting with each other? Not about work, but just to check in, right? And and that's something that, Rich, we do with Paris Success Group a lot is that's about culture. That's about building the community of staff. Because if staff can start doing that, well, then it becomes a lot easier to do that In the parish the wider parish community what are some things that you think that we need to be thinking about in terms of how we take care of ourselves right now how do we take care of our fellow staff members right now
2: well you know I don't know is it right or wrong it's it's the approach I've taken but I I just look look I'm not a pastor right and so (laughs) but I do run a company and we have employees and while we meet on a regular basis every single week we're doing our check-ins and then in addition to team check-ins, I do individual check-ins with everybody. But part of that conversation actually has nothing to do with work. I, John, you know I'm just, how's your family you know are you are you bald like me yet are, are the kids driving you nuts? are you um, because I, I do find it to be of help. And one of the members of our team, Kay, has a background in counseling. So she's been a, a tremendous help to us in, in offering some resources to that. But um, it's not about your time card and what tasks did you get done today? It's, John, did, did you and your wife, did you go for a walk today? Did, did you get away from the kids? Did you, you know? And so I'm concerned about my team um, obviously, I'm concerned about work. I'm concerned about our revenue. I'm concerned about all those things, but um, I care more about the people because if I lose the people, then the, the task just got significantly more difficult, if that makes sense. And so, when I look at our parishes, um, you know, I can't make a blanket statement because I'm actually in awe of how some of our parishes, what I hear anyway, some of our parishes are doing and the pastoral, what I'm going to call love, because that's really what it appears to be, the love that our some of our parishes are doing for not only their parishioners, but for each other and taking care of their pastor. But if we're being really truthful, I'm, uh, I'm very concerned we have a lot of parishes that are not. Uh, they're, they're not meeting as a staff. They're not checking in with each other. Uh, or if they are, they're allowing it to be email check-ins. There's no conversation about strategy. There's no conversation about um, let's plan for one month. In this next month, it looks like we're still going to be quarantined. Let's have a conversation or shared wisdom. What should our strategy to be? And just keep on doing what we're doing might be a part of it, but that's not a strategy. Just keep streaming masses is not a strategy because the needs will change. And so I am a little concerned that that Those conversations aren't happening. I can only speak for myself and again i I guess time will tell whether this has been the right approach, uh, or my team will tell because they'll all leave but um you know we've had a conversation about in the interim how do we need to pivot at, in our ministry and just keep on doing our model was very obvious pretty early on. We need to have a different conversation, so that's that's where I'm hoping more of our parishes and schools and staffs begin to have a conversation you don't have to solve it in one conversation but at least begin to say what if this goes on for another month two months what does that mean for us what is our strategy are we just gonna we've done our one random phone call to parishioners are we done um what does that look like what is uh, what is virtual you know chris you you've talked virtual youth group well what does that mean We're losing the relationship part. So do we have to have a conversation about how to have relationship in a virtual world and and those types of, so that's what I would be. That's what I'm advising. I, I coach, you know, parishes as well. That's what I'm advising them is to start thinking not only short term, but let's pretend this goes on a month or two. And then even though I still think it's hard to imagine it, but I do think we need to begin conversations about a post COVID church. And what that might look like if this goes on another month or two. What, is, what does community look like? What does gathering at the church for things look like? Like those conversations, I do think, need to start as well.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, let, let, let's focus a little bit on the conversations, right? Like uh, you, you brought up the point, which I thought was a great point, um, where, the, you know, some parishes are, are meeting whether they're using uh, some kind of virtual uh, software like Zoom or Google Hangouts, Um, and then some are just not connecting at all, right? Um, Christy, uh, who's uh, uh, joining us, uh, watching us live, she she brought up a good question. Um, She asks, do you have any thoughts on how to connect with folks or change their minds to think something like Zoom is not connecting? Uh, She explains that she's a virtual person, so seeing people helps, but some are saying it isn't real. Um, Do you have any thoughts about how to work with those folks. So, with Christy's question, um, you know, especially, and you, and you clarify this, that Parish Success is not a parish, but you're a business, right? Um, you guys work remotely. What are some of the ways that you do connect? How, how is uh, connecting over the phone versus uh, connecting using something like Zoom? a uh, different, uh, um, do you use it differently in different strategies? I know I'm throwing a thousand questions at you. So uh, let's just start with uh, Christy's question of, do you have any, um, ways of how to connect with folks who think something like Zoom is not real, um, or maybe are just resorting to something like email as a way of, of connecting?
2: Well, here's how I would answer it. As someone, and John would attest to this, I'm not a technology guy. Uh, okay. I don't like social media. I mean, I do it, but I don't, I just don't live there. I'm a face-to-face extrovert. Mm-hmm. And it uh, living in a virtual world, and our whole business model is virtual. We all work out of our home offices. Uh, all of our files are in the cloud. That was a momentous shift of my thinking to get used to that. Um, what I have come to realize is I still miss the physical contact, sharing a meal and breaking bread together, which you obviously cannot do here. But in truth, um, really the difference is that um, there's not a table between us. There's a a landline or wireless or whatever it is, but but I can still see and hear you in real time. I can tell you as a boss who was reluctant for all of this and, and John and Matt and you know, the other guys on our team, they, they, you know, I'm, I'm not that old, but I sometimes act like an old fart because I just <laughs> avoid technology because I'm just, I'm so personal. I want the personal connection. Um, look, I know what's going on in Jan, John's family. I know what's going on in Matt's family, Kay's family. These are all people on our team for folks listening in. They don't know who these names are. Um, because I ask, um, I, I interact with them. I, I, stay in conversation with them. It's, um, uh, zoom, Google, Skype. I don't care what your platform is. I do think that there's a huge difference between reading someone's comments or hearing it on the phone and seeing a face, mm-hmm. um, our men's ministry. So I'll use this as an example to answer Christie's question, which is a great question. And ultimately what I'm getting around to is it's fear. I was apprehensive to do it until I got comfortable with the only thing that's missing is the table between us, but the conversation doesn't need to change. Uh, We can all be around a virtual table. I just have to retrain my brain, but our men's ministry, so I do a Wednesday morning men's ministry here locally in, in Wisconsin where I live, and we didn't meet for several weeks because of all this, and then I had offered, could we just meet over Zoom. And of course, we have some older folks and they have no idea what that is. And so I had to go over the top to explain how easy it is. I'm just going to send you a link, just push the button. That's all you got to do. And it'll just show up. To hear the people, and and we get roughly, you know, 30, 35 guys will log in now virtually, we'd normally get about 40, 45 every, every Wednesday. They use the word therapeutic that word came up it was therapeutic to see people again Um, i think that there's truth to that i'm hearing families experience that families are reaching out to mom and dad or grandma grandpa or whatever it is and talking on the phone wasn't good enough i need to see you there's we are human beings that are pre-wired for that interaction and if I can't be with you, we, we see people going out and I'm going to stand in front of your, your window and I'll sing to you, I need to see you so bad. So taking Christy's question, why do we need to go there? We need to go there because the human being is pre-wired to have this level of interaction. And a pastor, a DRE, a youth minister who loves their volunteers or staff that loves each other, we need this interaction with each other. We, we need to know that in the midst of this isolation, the blues that we're feeling is because we're not getting enough of it. So that would be my answer. And and name it. I'm afraid of technology. I had to name it. John tells me all the time, oh, it's super easy. You know, you just, whatever the latest gizmo gadget, all your little earphone things. You know, I laugh at all that. So "Doesn't doesn't the computer have a speaker? You know, but it's okay. But that's, I have to name that. That's my problem. I can't project my fear to say that something won't work. I have to name it what it is, and what it is is my fear. So name it and claim it and move on.
1: I'd like to name two two specific examples of that because, Rich, you know that we just recently, prior to COVID, we just recently moved to the Zoom platform that we use (laughs) for our calls. And so before, we were just doing phone calls. I have to say like our one-on-ones and our meetings are much more effective and efficient from a business standpoint because we have that now that face-to-face interaction with each other. And so, so I actually think our, our, our productivity, our connection has increased dramatically just in the past two months that, we, that we've been on this platform for, us, for ourselves from a business perspective. But I was talking with a, uh, a youth ministry leader that I'm working with. And, you know, she's doing, you know, virtual youth nights like many folks across the country are doing. And, and, and she was sharing how, how she was surprised by which people were speaking up during their Zoom virtual night, which was different than face-to-face. And she was saying the people that never talked or rarely talked face-to-face were speaking up much more than we've ever heard them speak up over a Zoom setting. Again, they're using Zoom as well, right? The video setting. And so there's something to say about, you know, introvert, extrovert, kind of where people lie around all those things and how they interact, you know. And so she has found that she has had a more interpersonal connection with this young person because of the technology that she didn't have face-to-face. Now, I'm not at all saying everything should be virtual, obviously, but there is a balance, which goes to your question early on, is what... Of what we are doing now, are we going to move forward and take with us into the future? You know, when life is "quote unquote" back to normal. But those are two personal anecdotes that I've seen or heard that I'm just like, wow, that's really fascinating to hear that, and that this is a real mechanism for that. You know, it really is; it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, uh, another thing that uh, I heard heard you say to Rich too that um, really struck me, um, or something that I pulled from it is. One with all the different ways that we can connect. It's also important the content of that connection. Right. And so, um, yeah, I I don't think anything's ever going to replace in person face to face um, conversations and everything. But when we do go virtual, we have to take into Uh, or not just virtual but even email or text we have to take into consideration what's missing in those collaborations right so email the easiest thing is we're missing out tone we're missing out physical you know um, uh, physical expression all these different things and so you have to read an email as neutral as possible even if someone's typing in all caps right Um, virtually i think we have to be more intentional right about the questions that we ask about one one another uh, just so that we're not taking things for granted. Um, You know, John and I talk about this um, every so often where we do this podcast um, almost every week we're recording and John's in Vegas. I'm in Baltimore and we've probably been, what, physically hung out together, what, three times, John, in the last, since we started this, right?
1: That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, but the three times we've done, it's, in my mind, it's been quality. I don't know if you're, you're just faking uh, our friendship, (laughs) but like, you know, so, um, you know, uh, real relationships can happen in different mediums, but we have to be more intentional about the shortcomings that appear in those. And so moving from this, I know that staffs are probably thinking like, oh, um, I know I've talked to a couple of people who are like, oh, I, I can now telecommute. Like, I don't have to go into the office and different things. Yes and no. You just have to r- recognize that the communication style and how you connect with people, and when you connect with people is going to be in- Uh, there's going to be different intentionalities with, with that medium.
2: Yeah. You know, to add to that conversation, it's a both and right in, in this new world and it's a world, I don't know how old you guys are, but I I know I'm older than both of you. Um, I didn't grow up in a, in a gaming world. Uh, I'm, I'm old. I mean, I, I literally Atari, the original Atari was, was, my generation, right? And Nintendo, I was too old for Nintendo. So, um, but I watched my my kids. Now, my youngest is a freshman in college, but but for several years, they would be playing video games online with other people. And like all good parents, I was absolutely going bonkers with Get off the stupid computer and go out and throw a football or 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 go play, like go, go be with, with real people. And and in particular, one of my my oldest son and I would go round and round about how he does have real friends. And I would be like, how can you have a real friend? You can't have a real friend over the internet. You don't even know who that is. For all you know, it's Bubba in prison somewhere. Like you just, you know, and I didn't understand this concept at all. Until finally, I, you know. <laughs> like many good dads, you finally say, well, maybe you should stop trying to be right all the time and go learn. And so I, I remember very vividly one day going into my son's room and sitting down and saying, teach me this video thing. I don't want to play the game because I have no interest in playing video games, but teach me what you mean by community. And I watched him play for about a half hour. And most of the conversations had nothing to do with the video game. And he genuinely knew the people on the other end that in almost all of the cases he had never met in person, those people ever before he met them all online. And that taught me a tremendous thing. Now, the flip side of that, at the same time, my brain started to say, Oh, well that's this generation. See, they're making virtual friends. I have been fascinated the last three weeks to see how that same generation is absolutely going bonkers, wanting to get out of the house and go physically be with their Mm -hmm. friends. That it's not all virtual. And even the generation that grew up significantly immersed in virtual world, there's there's that human craving for for one-to-one interaction. Even if it's, riding a bike or doing whatever. They just are sick and tired. The kid, My kids that are all in college, they they don't want another Zoom meeting. They, they would love to talk to family. They don't want to do it on Zoom because they're so sick and tired of being in front of a computer, which for an old fart like me, it doesn't compute because I thought that's what your generation wanted. And so your words, Chris, are, are very true and, and John, yours as well. I don't know what the future holds but I know that human beings are still pre-wired for for touch. Um, And you, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of surveys and research out there to prove that goes all the way back to World War II, the babies that were healthier were the babies that were held in in England versus the ones that weren't. And I mean, we've known that. Um, So you can have authentic relationship, but there's always more, right? we're gonna be in trouble as a society if marriages become this, right? There's something about true intimacy that requires face-to-face. But I have come to learn in my stubborn Irishman head that this world can offer a level of intimacy that is more, to your point, Chris, than phone calls, emails. There is a level of personalness that my son has taught me is genuine, is real, and is for me different. I'm still gonna argue it's not the same level of intimacy as face-to-face, but it is real. And so, I don't know, that's about 20 minutes to answer Christie's original question, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of, I think where, where we are, right? Um, uh, being in these circumstances of where we are and not just um, personally, but even in a professional standpoint, it's like, where did I, where do I stand with my coworkers? And, you know, before you were um, uh, sharing some of the other needs, like uh, offertory financial, you know, things like that. And a lot of those are needs that can be solved if there's a cohesive team in place. Right. Um, and that's, that's whether you're in, tre- whether you're in crisis or whether you're uh just cruising along, the cohesiveness of a team, um, of your staff is, is what's going to help you thrive and, and continue to grow. And so, um, I think that question is so so key because um, what we what we need to be talking about is not just how we're reaching out to our family and friends, not just how we're reaching out to our parishioners, but how are we reaching out to one another? Um, I'll just share a personal anecdote where uh, Tuesday night we um, uh, before this was recorded, we, we, uh, tried to do a, uh, live stream prayer event from our parish. And, um, this was, uh, uh, testing out some new equipment that we're going to be launching uh, during Holy Week during the Tritium. Um, so, uh, and, uh, it was, uh, kind of a complete disaster, uh, just train wreck, right? Firewall went up, Wi-Fi wasn't working, everything like that, even though we were prepped. Um, my pastor, uh, I was running it. Our pastor was there and he jumped into action, and we were able to capture it on his phone through Facebook Live. Now, at the end of it, like, I'm, my head's in shame. I know I've got the deacon who's leading this, my pastor is there, the seminarian there. So, like I, as much as I want to cuss myself out, I couldn't do that. And I, 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 I turned to him and I was like, All right, we're done. And he said, Wow, we had like 90 people on that prayer service. This was awesome. And for me, I was, I taken aback for a second because I was like, oh my gosh, my pastor just saw me mess up. I I completely failed. I own this problem. I'm beating myself up, but he's celebrating what we just did. Right. And, and so for me, um, you know, and I was just texting back with him uh, this morning and I thanked him because he was thanking me. And I said, thank you for leading us with enthusiasm and for trusting us to fail forward and to try new things. and, and I think that that's the type of encouragement that we need to be sharing with one another as we go through, whether it's crisis or uh, just um, cruising, uh, that we need to be um, uh, encouraging one another. And that comes from knowing, you know, who you're working with, who are the people you're working with. They're not just um, uh, youth ministers, DREs, business managers, they're, they're men and women with names and, and knowing that name is, is priceless.
1: So what would you recommend, Rich, what would it be like one or two things, you know, in light of what Chris just said about that connection, and, and it's about culture, right? That's what you're talking about, Chris, is about how do we support each other? How do we build each other up? You know, what are one or two things, Rich, that a- any staff member, any uh, a leader in a church can do to stay connected uh, and, and care pastorally for, for their fellow staff members to keep building that community that is so essential to the life of, of a parish?
2: Well, I mean, not to sound too obvious, especially this being Holy Thursday, but, um, scripture teaches us and Christ teaches us that love is the great e- new, you know, equalizer, right? That's the one that trumps everything. And whether I'm virtual or whether I'm in person, um, having a genuine, authentic love, care, and concern for the people that are in my circle. And if I'm a catechetical leader, yes, maybe it's my staff, but it could also be my volunteers too. Having a genuine care and concern and expressing it, directly expressing that genuine concern for how are you doing and what, what can I do to help and check in on you and, and making the agenda, somewhere lower on the list and making l- my love for you, knowing that I, I care for you, I care for your family, I care how you are doing, the top priority. When all this is said and done, because we're all winging this, let's be honest, right? When all is said and done, what people are going to remember is not whether we streamed or not, but whether I felt loved and cared for in the midst of this crisis. That's what they're going to remember. Now, Scripture says that love is what we need the most and that people will remember us they will know that we are christians by our love for one another not by our streaming to one another and so you know i don't want to oversimplify it but the reality is if i'm if i'm a catechetical leader youth minister pastor if i'm a pastoral council person i don't know who i'll listen to your podcast other than i'm sure it's hundreds of thousands of people until this episode but um i think that Love your people. That's the number one thing I would do. Not love and ask them how are you doing with your task. How are you doing? If you know that they they care for a parent and they can't see their parent, ask. How are you doing? You know you miss your mom. You miss your dad. You miss whatever. I. You know to having several people check in with me this week. So um, Easter Sunday. We'll celebrate one year is the last mass we celebrated with my mom. She was home on hospice and she died that Thursday, which, uh, which date-wise would be um, next Saturday, a week from Saturday, would be first anniversary of mom dying. Knowing how many people have asked me about that and knowing how many people are checking in on dad, I think that's more important than worrying about whether I'm doing my job. I, I, and I think when all of this is done, I'm going to remember that people checked in On how I was doing more than they checked in on did I was I able to get the right technology or did I get that email out. So, and by the way, I don't think that has to be while we're virtual. (laughs) I, I think if we do return to whatever normal will look like in the future. and We're all back in an office. If that piece is missing from a team. You're missing the most important piece. I don't care what program you're running. You're missing the most important piece. And it has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. And quite frankly, like any relationship, is a family. It's got to be worked on. You got to work on it. Uh, number two, I, I would think is if what I'm recommending anyway. And again, I I don't know is it the right answer, but from my perspective, when I look at and reflect and do a lot of reflecting on our company, and then translate that into the parishes that I'm coaching, don't you don't need to be the smartest person in the circle. <laughs> That if you're the leader, it's okay to say I don't know the answer to this. Like it's okay. I, I want to give people permission to say that. I, I say it all the time. I actually I joke about it all the time. I'm the least qualified person on our staff. All these other guys, John, they all have all these doctorates and teaching in universities. I don't have any of that. I'm the dumbest one on our team. But, but I think that's what makes us strongest. Is you don't need to be the smartest. You just need to be smart enough to know that wisdom lies in everybody. And so now we're back to the question of why does the staff need to be conversing with each other? Because great ideas can come from anywhere and anyone. Um, And yes, that does include the parish secretary, who, by the way, is a lot smarter than most people ever give him or her credit for. Um, So gathering the team and just saying, look, it looks like, you know, when you come back after Easter, it looks like we may be in this another month. Gathering the team together to say, let's, let's strategize for a month ready go and just see where the conversation takes us. And, and not being afraid to say, we don't know what to do, being transparent with your parishioners and just say, we know that a phone call wasn't enough. So we're putting this out there to all of our parishioners help us help you, you know, or or, I think there's just a lot of things that can be done. And, um, I'm seeing a little too much of trying to be an expert of this. And as I was joking through all of our team huddles, I'm fairly confident nobody went to seminary or nobody went to their graduate school and got their degree and whatever they got. I'm pretty sure there was no chapter on how to do ministry in the middle of a pandemic. So we're all making this up. So let's just think it through, have open communication, and see what we come up with as a team. But if we do it as a team and we do it lovingly, I think grace is going to abound and people are going to be invested in you. That's how you get buy-in, by the way. It's how you get buy-in from your team and your staff. They feel valued. They feel like they're making a contribution. They're not just waiting for father to tell me what to do. Um, people want to be valued. All people want to be valued. So that's my two cents. I don't know if it helps you.
1: That's worth more than two cents, my friend. That was That was great. And to kind of wrap this up, you know, what you're really talking about is, no one really cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's an adage that I learned from John Maxwell. He probably stole it from somewhere else, but it's true. And that's if any organization should be doing that well, it should be us as church, you know? And so I think that's a perfect place to wrap up today, Rich. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and just talk about this this idea of pastoral care and loneliness and isolation and how we deal with that uh, pastorally together as, 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 church. So, so thanks for being with us today. Uh, Chris uh, I'm appreciative of you always making this technology work uh, because you know, Rich says I'm good with technology, but uh, uh, Rich, you need to know, I depend on Chris to make all of this work. So including the Facebook live and, and posting on iTunes and wherever else this goes. So Chris, thank you for what you do here.
0: Well, you know, I was not trained on how to do this in a pandemic, but I um, my background is uh, electronic media communications, and um, for a long time, I felt guilty about that major, thinking like, "Oh man, this is such a throwaway." <laughs> and the principles and the training that I received at Xavier University for those four years um, has helped me. Um, it doesn't make me an expert by any means, but it has helped. So. So all my brothers and sisters who are communications majors out there or think that their degree is useless for don't don't worry about it god will find an appointed time for you to use that degree so um no i mean i think uh what i would just say is that we have to give people permission to test and fail and try new things and um i'm seeing that a lot on church staffs in a positive way which i think is great um, I would also encourage parishioners um, to, to rally around your parish staffs, rally around the local businesses who are trying to make this like, happen, right? To try to survive and, and even thrive in this, uh, in this new reality. Because, um, yes, there's, there's plenty of room for critiques and, and growth, but in the end, uh, we're in this together and we need to grow and, and grow together and love one another. Um, again, Rich, thank you so much for, uh, being, um, on the show. Uh, uh we always, uh, end with, with saying like where people can, uh, meet, uh, uh reach us or, or meet us, uh, considering you and John both work for parish success group, say they want to connect with you over John. What's the best way to do that?
2: Well, the easiest way to do it is just send me an email, which is right. just rich at parish dot And so, but they can always go to the website and drop us a an email, but I just want to say thanks for having and Thanks for the ministry that you guys are doing. I don't know if your listeners ever thank you, but it is an important piece, you know, and you're stirring conversations that are important conversations. Why well, I've always been extremely supportive of John being a part of this uh, and encourage it. I hope there's more. I mean, I know there are other podcasts out there. I, I encourage that. I also want to uh, just real quick, thank all of your, I don't know, are they viewers, listeners, whatever they are. Um, but for all those who, who tune into you, I want to thank you, and I and I hope you're getting thanked at the local level. I hope you hear that feedback. That in the midst of our imperfections, just be perfect while being imperfect, and especially this Holy Thursday, lean into the Triduum, lean into that notion of washing each other's feet, lean into that notion of of resting and laying with the Lord, lean into watching and gazing upon Him on the cross to see. Lord, what are you calling me to? There'll be plenty of time to worry about the agenda, but lean into this holy experience these next three days and, and just, just know that all of us support you and any of us and many, many others out there as well. will help you any way we possibly can. So I just want to thank all of your listeners for whatever role they're playing in their parishes, rural, urban, big, small. Thank them for what they're doing as well.
0: Awesome. Well, we have some great listeners and they did share some of their uh, sentiments, and, and they're uh, very thankful um, uh, for this conversation. So again, uh, thank you very much. And if you want to find Rich, uh, go to the website parish success com, or shoot him an email at rich at parish success com. John, uh, if people want to get in touch with you uh, and uh, or maybe even your wife to learn the secret of at-home haircuts, uh, how can they best reach reach you?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, uh I don't know about my wife. I, I dare not put her information out there. <clears throat> but if you want to get a hold of me, <clears throat> uh, parrotsuccessgroup.com, of course. Uh, and uh, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, at John is my handle, and, and many platforms. You should be able to find me just fine there.
0: And you can find me at marathon dot or all things marathon youth ministry on social media. But if you want to learn more or share with us your thoughts or comments about the church podcast, go to the churchpodcast.org or shoot us a note at questions at the church podcast.org and we would love for you to share your thoughts or leave a review especially a five-star review on itunes or spotify or anywhere that this podcast can be heard and share share, share this message uh, not not just this episode but share the message uh, to love one another to be kind to one another and to spread god's uh god's grace and, and love and peace um, rich again thank you for joining us uh, let, let's let's close in prayer the father son holy spirit amen mm-hmm. Father, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to um, check in with one another and to ask the question, how are you doing? Not just how are you doing at your task, but Lord, uh, asking one another, how is your soul? How is your heart? How is your energy? How is your mind? Um, God, I pray that during this uh, season that we're currently in, that we not lose sight of your endless love, that especially during this Holy Week, as this is being recorded, that uh, we focus wholeheartedly on your love um, and remember that uh, we're in this together. we're united Lord, um, but not because of the crisis, but because we're your children. We're united because of your love. Thank you for that love in your name we pray. Amen Father, Son.